Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and you are listening to the Talking Rock Podcast. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, so I'm glad to be back. We are recording this on November 19th, 2020, and it is my 51st birthday on this day. Joey, how are you? Wow, happy birthday, Mark. Thanks, man. <laughs> a nice, nice little birthday gift to be spending some time with one of my favorite podcasters, Joey Haney of Rock Strikes 10 podcast, um, among others. Joey, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. And you know, this is uh, about six years to the day where we actually first kind of hung out like in real life in Vegas. Right. Well, that makes really total close. sense because that was my 45th birthday uh, celebration um so that would have been what 2014 i guess right yeah yeah and i have to remember that because that's my wedding anniversary (laughs) right on because you guys were kind of honeymooning there in vegas right yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely so it was was a real bonus to uh you know meet you and emily like in person for the first time yeah i specifically remember that trips ever it was like a little cold out but we were up like on some sort of pool area in some hotel somewhere i what hotel was it yeah, that was the Hard Rock. That was the Hard Rock. Okay, so that's I think where we were staying yeah. and where Kiss was doing the residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to see Kiss, got to see Dice. Nice. <laughs> we even ran to Siegfried. It was crazy. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Good memories for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I know earlier this year you had a little bit of a health scare. Everything going okay with your health? And any updates you can give us? Uh, uh, so far, you know, throughout my revisits to my uh, cardiologist, Dr. T, she's awesome. She even cut an ID for my show. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, she listens now. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's no reason why I shouldn't have a decent life expectancy on, you know, for the average uh, human and stays in pretty good shape. And uh, so everything's looking good. And I walk every day still and, uh, you know, still keeping the weight down a little bit. So yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I walk every day too. And it's, it's a good time to kind of clear your head, get out there. I, I really I live for for my walks, so just yeah. got just got back from one. Yeah, so fifty one years ago today, I was born, and at that time, Led Zeppelin had just released their second record. It was less than a month out at that point. So Led Zeppelin oh. two, which is a album we mention. This was a weird segue plug to my new podcast, Talking with Mark Striegel. I have uh, a really brilliant mind on there. Adam Frank, his name is. He is an astrophysics uh, professor and scientist. He's on the most recent episode. And we talk about all sorts of things like life on other planets, uh, COVID and future plagues to come. And of course, we also talk about Led Zeppelin. And he mentions that Led Zeppelin 2 is one of his favorite records. Uh, album that is 51 years old yeah so good stuff please if you haven't subscribed to that podcast i'm trying to build the subscription base and i I must you know not to go off here joey but because i know we got some things we want to talk about but it's it's wild you know i do this talking metal podcast we've been doing it for well over 15 years at this point and there is probably close to 2,000 subscribers which is is difficult these days when there are so many podcasts out there to have that subscription base and i'm able to track those through this company art 19 which is a great podcasting hosting company if anyone's looking for one you have to be accepted you kind of have to get in with them i I knew some of the guys there but 
the analytics and stats that it gives you back are just, I don't know how they do it. It's just incredible. But, you know, yeah. so I figured that's, that's a lot of people listen to that show. I mean, that's great. And yeah. I, I value each and every one of those subscribers. I do realize that not everyone who subscribes listens to every episode. That's just the way it is. But I, I would have thought that, you know, if I started a new podcast and told everyone about it, that how many of those people would jump over and maybe subscribe to the new podcast? I was thinking, oh, maybe like four or 500 would immediately go over and subscribe. No, no. It's like I'm barely above 100 subscribers on the new podcast, which I just, I it's a little disappointing um, trying to figure out what what I need to do to up that subscription base. But obviously my Talking Metal fans and listeners are not following me over there. And I think that it would be a podcast that they're very interested in. I will say we're going to continue on that platform to, to interview heavy metal and hard rockers. But today I'm interviewing a cast member from a little TV show called The Walking Dead, you know, and we're going to talk to people who make comic books. We're going to talk to, uh, you know, people who believe aliens are real. We're going to do everything that kind of fits under that, you know, Mark Striegel brand of, of geek and nerd fandom. It will be covered on the talking yeah. with Mark Striegel podcast. Please join me yeah. there. Subscribe, leave it. a review. And that's my plug for the, for the new podcast. Yeah. But man, I mean the walking yeah. dead, that's a pretty big TV show. I know a lot of people enjoy that show. So I, I hope we can get some people checking out the new talking with Mark Striegel podcast available on markstriegel.net. And, uh, yeah, Check it out. And all pot podcasting platforms, by the way, including Spotify, yeah. who ditched Talking yeah. Metal, I guess, because we play music on Talking Metal. Yeah, I'm subscribed. So uh, and cool. well, I, I one of my podcasting influences, man. So and I really dig your brain and I, I love this show. And yeah, and you didn't even talk about like you had Phil Campbell on, you had Joey Vera on, you know, so yeah, it's uh, it's, it's music, too. But it's like, you know, just your life, like all in one show so i really dig that so i like the next phase here so yeah thanks man thanks man so remind us where we can listen to your other shows Ooh, yeah well um i actually got a uh, rock strikes 10 got booted off of uh itunes this week so off of that yeah podcast. i know we were talking about that offline yeah. it, that's a, yeah. it's a head scratcher and concerning to me for sure and i'm sorry yeah yeah, no, that's all right. Um, I will just continue to promote cnjradio.com as far as the hubbub. I mean, it's even if you still like to listen to podcasts, you know, on your iTunes library, it's easy to go to the website and just uh, right click to save the link for each episode. And you can download it to your iTunes library still. Some, you know, I understand the convenience of it. Uh, so it's just one extra step. So I ask anybody listening that cares to, you know, if you have to go to cnjradio.com and just right click on the link for, you know, the episode and, you know, you can save it and keep it forever, you know? So I'm, that's, that's just the way I do. I'm going to probably put a video out, you know, like a little bitty mini instructional video on how to do that. But also, you know, there's plenty of that's other podcasters that still support the show, like pod chaser and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's not, it's not gone and I'm not going anywhere. So and, and coincidentally and weirdly Spotify, which I mean, I, every podcast I know <laughs> that plays music has been booted off of Spotify, but rock strikes 10 <laughs> still remains. Oh, <okay. laughs> you can edit that out. Yeah. 
No, it's okay. I, I think it's funny too. And yeah, it's weird. Like I, I don't even tell my other podcaster friends that play music that got booed off of Spotify that I'm there. But that's probably a testament to how low my numbers are on there. So it's probably just that, honestly. Anyway, yeah, um, we got stuff to talk about. Um, uh, we got two, like, I guess, co-headline main events here. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, what do you want to get into first? We got two big topics. Um, well, I'll let you, I'll let you lead the way. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the new ACDC. Yeah. I gotta say like, you know, it wasn't just the whole relief of, oh, wow. You know, ACDC putting a new album out is definitely a sign of like normalcy almost like it almost seems like with a new ACDC album that the coronavirus would go away on the same day. Uh, not that it did, but it's just nice that kind of, you know, thing you can rely on and if there's one band you can kind of rely on for the most part it's acdc i mean uh I, I think most people me included were a little down on the previous album like not that it was bad it was totally listenable the worst acdc albums are, are usually listenable my least favorite is still ball breaker which i only find two songs on there that i like but um yeah i gotta say like this new one is really just it's a sensation with me i, I can't yeah. stop listening to it and that's hard with uh, new records in me you know there's new records that i really love but i i end up kind of going all over the place but i keep going back to this one it just feels right yeah it just feels so good i think i think that that really what you just said right there feels right i think that that for me was the feeling now i know i've i'm not i'm not listening to it non-stop but i've listened to it a n- numerous times which for any new releases is, is good for me um i usually yeah. like last night when i did my uh, evening walk I, I was cranking you know rage against the machine a lot of times i find myself in tool i find myself going back to albums from my past that meant a lot to me but the yeah. thing about acdc is this is one of my favorite bands of all time and it, like what you said right there I think is spot on. It feels right. Now I had, I didn't have any big problems with, with ACDC's releases over the past like 10 to 12 years. Although I, they, they didn't, they didn't really connect with me the way that power up did the first time I listened to it. It just, like you said, it just felt right. There was something really refreshing about it. Um, I don't know how they put the album together. I don't know exactly when it was recorded. Maybe you have more of the details. I know Brian Johnson, who I've seen sing with the band numerous times within like the last five years. Uh, he sounded really good on the record. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so did Ozzy on the last record. And neither, let's face it, neither yeah. of these guys can really hold up that well live vocally i mean brian johnson when i saw him at giant stadium uh actually the last time i saw acdc with with axel rose come to think of it but when i saw brian johnson i mean he he was very weak vocally live um so listen it was a studio record my my guess is pitch pitch shifts punches you know in and out doing one word at a time all that type of stuff they probably embraced that. I don't, I don't know if they did. I don't care really at the end of the day, because what we got was an album that feels right. And it feels, it feels like an ACDC record. I, I had a lot of flashbacks to like flick of the switch mm-hmm. and yeah. fly on the wall and those albums, which I, I was, you know, a, they're a little bit off the beaten path when it comes to, ACDC albums they they don't play any of those songs they don't play sync the pink anymore in concert 
but those right. albums for me were great records you know and i i really yeah. love those records and for whatever reason i don't know i had flashbacks to to that era of of acdc yeah it has that real meat and potatoes kind of feel which i know that seems to be redundant with acdc but there's definitely albums that are almost more minimalist acdc albums that like the fans love like the hardcore fans i'm glad you said flick of the switch because i feel like flick of the switch is like their powerage with brian johnson like those are the two albums that are just like we're going to strip everything down as much as we can without losing our sound and just it, it sound they all sound like live albums like sounds like they did a you know one or two takes in the studio and they're just nice and raw but like perfectly produced great guitar tones like i love those two albums especially so this this feels yeah. closer to flick of the switch than any other brian album and i love the way brennan o'brien produces records he's such a great producer him and mike fraser who's kind of the unsung hero because mike's been working with him even when brendan has it like i think mike uh, was on stiff upper lip and stuff like that and that album sounds tremendous like even then like stiff upper lip was kind of a grower for me when i first heard i was like ah but man i really come to love that album and it's almost one of those albums where pulling songs out of it make the album better i know that right. kind of, that's kind of terrible but like brendan o'brien who did black ice uh, he's got such a great ear, you know, I mean, the guys, you know, he's produced Stone Temple Pilots and Springsteen. So this guy knows how to make a really good sounding record. And I just think he kind of opens it up. It's brighter. And, you know, from the opening of Realize, you're just like, yeah. And I, I know I went on, I, I went on record saying this through the mists of time is the best song I've heard all year, if not in years. It's just so catchy. It's so it's so it's like happy it's weird like not that they aren't capable of that but it's like that one and anything goes from black eyes which i love also like they're just so they're so poppy almost even though they don't yeah. lose their acdc edge and i just i just smile when i hear that that song it's so good yeah and it, it just in these times you know where i don't know it's just been such a strange year for the majority of us it, it it was just a refreshing breath of fresh air and you know it, it, like you said i don't know when you said felt it it, it feels right felt right whatever mm -hmm. you said that that's just spot on and and it, it's like seeing an old friend that you haven't seen in a while you know and catching up with new stories and and reliving old stories you know because you still they're, they're new songs but it, it's still acdc at its at its core and yeah. in its DNA. And yeah. it is uh, really a refreshing, great listen that I, I highly recommend. Joey highly recommends Power Up by ACDC, the new record by those guys. Yeah. Should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've heard Brian, uh, Cliff Williams say it doesn't really sound like, you know, he quit the band at the end of yeah. the Axl Rose tour. And now he's yeah. kind of back, but not really. Because I, I, I guess he did the record, but it doesn't yeah. sound like he's committed to doing a tour of any sorts mm. at least that's what i was i was reading so it should be interesting to to see what happens uh post uh, coronavirus if uh yeah. if there is acdc tour or if this is just a, a record or or what we know there are no well I, at least i as far as i know there's no concerts booked at this point for them no no and in a perfect world they'd be rocking stadiums right now like i mean that's uh we we definitely need that after this for sure i mean that's going to be a big kickoff especially with the fact that we know that 
you know, Van Halen was going to do stadiums before this whole thing. And ACDC, you know, should be there to pick up the torch and just go for it. I feel like the Stones passed them the torch years ago. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they're still going. And I know some hardcore fans were pretty cynical about the whole involvement of Malcolm as far as the writing goes. But I got to say, does it feel like he's even gone? Like, I know that seems weird, but it sounds like he's still in the band. And I do feel like those are riffs that him and Angus wrote together, knowing like, hey, we, we need to bank all this stuff before it's too late. Um, that's what it feels like to me. So I'm, I'm going with it. I was going to okay. say that you mentioned Van Halen, which uh, is a good segue over to Van Halen because the Van Halen name has been in the news quite a bit the the past week. Again, we are recording this on November 19th. Not sure when you're listening to it, guys. But uh, yeah, so Wolfgang has released the first single, Distance, right? That's what it's called, I believe. Yeah. Well, and, officially Mammoth WVH. Yeah. Yeah, Mammoth WVH, right. So yeah, that's... You, get, you get that reference, right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Mammoth, uh, the original name, right, of Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when they were still a, a party band, a house party band. Yeah, yeah. So, good, good stuff. And and I I enjoyed the the single and the video that accompanied it. It seems to have really done well. Uh, I'm I'm happy for Wolfgang after what seems to be a sad time for him. He he and his father yeah. were the, obviously uh, appear to be really really close. Uh, yeah. I don't know like, if if that is something I'd be curious. Is that something that developed more in Wolfgang's earlier years or I mean later years when he was older or was that like an earlier thing? Because we see the footage of them, uh, you know, Wolfgang as a little little boy and stuff with his dad, which is heartwarming. But I know mm-hmm. I know his dad really wasn't. Let's let's face it. He, he struggled with addiction problems and stuff yeah. in, in those years. So. I always felt, and this is total speculation and probably mm-hmm. none of my business, that, that maybe their bond even became stronger when Wolfgang was, you know, an adult and back in 2007 joined the, yeah, joined Roth, the band. Yeah, Roth, yeah. Uh, you know, returning well, he was, to he the was, band. He was like, and he was like 15, 14 or 15 or something when he first started kind of, you know, jamming with right. his dad and his uncle. So I think it was around there. I think it was in the teenage years. I think it was just, you know, Eddie was always, you know, he, he, if he wasn't on the road, you know, that was kind of turning into him separating and eventually divorcing Valerie. So, you know, I, I obviously it does seem to me like his dad didn't get like full custody of him. And it was like joint at best, if that, especially knowing, you know, his history, unfortunately, but, you know, and we are seeing the best of times there in that video for sure. Yeah. But I got to say, yeah, I, I feel like in the teenage years, preteen into teenage years, I think he finally realizes making up for lost times. And, uh, you know, any cynicism I had about it going in, like the video was so, I don't know if it was just so well done. It just kind of squashed all that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And that, that voicemail at the end, uh, just, ugh, that just destroyed me. Like I, I'm, I'm not a dad. I don't have a son. You have sons. Uh, but like I felt that man like, and I've never felt the love of a father like that. And it just really hit me. I was just like, Oh man, I, I was not ready for that video. It was something else. Yeah. It's, it's a heavy, but emotionally, uh, fulfilling watch. So definitely check out that, you know, and I'm, I'm not here to pick apart the song 
However, yeah. I'll say I, I, I loved it. You know, I thought the, the guitar solo, which mm-hmm. was not Eddie Van Halen-esque, it, to me, it reminded me of a combination of The Edge meets like Adam Jones from Tool. It has this like yeah. delay and like sonic feel to it um reverb or there's it's it's a beautiful sounding guitar break that that happens on that and is that him playing guitar on it i'm assuming he's playing every instrument yeah that's what i read yeah that's what i read and it, it it's wonderful and and listen his voice was much better than than i was expecting to be honest i mean if I were gonna, if I were gonna say anything negative about about it, which I probably shouldn't under the circumstances, but you know me, um, the the it, it's a little generic his yeah. his singing voice. However, it's great, and and he gets yeah. the emotion across. And let's face it, he's still a young man. You know, he's yeah. still finding his musical identity, if you will, and he's yeah. off to a wonderful start vocally with that. Yeah, I mean, he already, you know, uh, and you know how much I loved Eddie, but Eddie was not a great singer. He was a good backup singer, but not a great singer on his own. We've heard that one song, but um, yeah, it's hard to hate this song on principle. I can easily hear it on the radio, and there's a reason for that. And you were saying it's doing well. It's number one on iTunes, not just rock. It's number one in the world right now on iTunes. And the thing that I love the most about it over everything else is that He's donating, if not all of the proceeds, like most of it, to the charity that Eddie supported the most throughout his life, the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. Right. That's great. So I just thought that was so super cool. And Eddie just gave so much to them and just to schools. So, you know, his heart was always in the right place when it came to that. So I can imagine he was for his kid, too. So, yeah, I just see him. He was probably just holed up in 5150 for like the last month just working on this song and possibly some other music. So I hear it in that song. So yeah, it's hard to hate on principle. Once again, I guess we could, uh, kind of smooth it over to, uh, you know, kind of the other big release in the family. Did you hear Dave's new song? Uh, somewhere over the rainbow bar and grill. Yeah. 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 So, and I, I still need to do the, like Dave has like this interactive, like video that's on his website where it's like a, I think it's like a half hour video with like, kind of graphic novel form like he used to do on the Roth show. And he's got like other unreleased songs as a part of this. And that, I have that's not, I've not seen that. Yeah, I haven't either, but uh, I'll report back pro- probably on the next episode. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously we know this song was recorded years ago and that's uh, with John, John five. five. Yep. Yeah. But I, I like that he, you know, I think it came from a good place once again, that he put this out as, you know, he released it as a tribute to Eddie, even though he didn't write it about it, even though he might be part of some of the dialogue of the song itself, because it's about the good old days. And, you know, I just, it was nice. It was just another one of those things where, you know, for the times, you know, just whether it's just general life or just dealing with the loss of Eddie, I think it came from a good place. And once again, it's another one that's hard to hate on principle. I love Dave anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I think Dave's going to finally start putting out some stuff here and there. So, yeah, I mean, my and, thoughts on that song uh, in, in tone, not, not guitar tone or anything. I just mean in, in principle and in, in style, uh, reminded me of good times off the skyscraper record. Yeah, so there you go. It was a great song. Uh, you know, Hey, let's, let's think about the old times and talk about the, how good things were, but 
yet there's a hope for the future in in mm-hmm. in the song uh over the rainbow bar and grill which uh, somewhere over the rainbow bar and grill which i don't have the lyrics in front of me but i know there is a hint at at hey there's going to be there's going to be more good times down the road um mm-hmm. however in general to me it made me a little sad uh, the song, and I'm not sure I've been able to pinpoint there that specifically if that's my own baggage that I'm dealing with or 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 what. But there was some something that made me like, hey man, those times we had listening to David Lee Roth in Van Halen and on the Eat 'Em and Smile record when we were kids, and the future was wide open. You know the that that was such a you know, great memory in my life. And the future at that time was, was wide open. I don't mean to get into a a psychologist appointment here, but now, now it's, it's not. And, and, you know, things, there's, there's less in front of us than there is behind us for people like David Lee Roth, probably for myself, you know, for that matter, I'm 51 years old. Let's face it. I'm most likely not going to live to 102 years old. So uh, I'm not sure I want to, quite frankly, but it's like, um, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, so it's, it's kind of um, melancholy. Uh, it's for me, I, I don't know, having trouble verbally expressing the feelings, but I will say it was an emotional listen for me and a powerful listen. And the one thing that, that really warmed my heart is that voice. Uh, yeah. Coming through those speakers, that voice that I've been listening to since I was ten years old, David Lee Roth, you know, and and the familiarity of that voice, no matter what Dave and I have been through together, you know, his his yeah. uh, right wing leanings on his you know repl- you know brief radio morning show when he briefly replaced <laughs> Howard Stern or or you know his, his you know out of tune vocals on, on that weird live Van Halen record, um, that, that came out. What was that album called? Oh, the live, live. like Tokyo Dome. And yeah. Well, I don't know what the hell that was, but, um, yeah. So, so Dave and I, we've been through a lot and, and, and just as a fan ups and downs, way more, way, way more ups for me than downs. But, yeah. um, yeah, man, I love David Lee Roth and, and, that song, like the ACDC record, I felt was uh, needed in these times where I must I must be honest, I'm, I'm, you know, struggling a little bit with some some mental health issues through this all, you know, and, and uh, that gave me uh, a little a little glimpse of, of happiness and comfort. So I think that stuff is is great. And that's that's a similar feeling that to what I had when listening to that ACDC record for the first time, yeah. Power Up. Yeah. Uh, further proof, man, that music really is, it's universal language. It sound, this all sounds cliche, but it really is the universal language. It's, its you know, for the most part, the least divisive thing. And, uh, you know, not that art can't be, and it should be very much so at times, but there's a lot of things where it's like, how can you not, you know, I think it was Rollins that said, how can you not, uh, you know, love somebody or at least be their friend? How can you hate somebody that loves like the same band or singer as you, you know, be like, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, uh, Marvin Gaye. Oh, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing yeah. there, but that's uh, 
you know, that's what it does. That's what good music should do. And it should you know, really take you to that place, whether you're listening to it to relax or listening to it to uh, get yourself up in the morning to go to yeah. work, you know, just to get motivated to do anything. Um, and it does all of those things. It can take you on that roller coaster. And that's why, uh, you know, like Zappa said, music is the best. Yeah. And, and you know, I know we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here in a, a few minutes, but to me, between the coronavirus and, you know, school closings and lockdowns and reopenings and reclosings and the election mm-hmm. of 2020 and all this, all this stuff mm-hmm. um, and memories of the time before all this shit happened. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been very hard to live in the moment. And I'm not one of these Zen Buddhist guys who's like, oh, you should only live in the moment. I actually don't believe you should always live in the moment i think we need to be remembering our past triumphs and mistakes and we need to be always planning for our future steps i I believe those are very important parts of our life there's some people who you know i I go on instagram and these stupid inspirational quotes you know be in the now and i get that there i think there has to be a good balance between all that but i do believe that if you are never in the now that you're that you're that you definitely run into trouble and that's something yeah. that i think uh, i've struggled with this this year a little bit is being in the now and and when like i i, I mentioned I, I went out for a walk last night listening to rage against the machine it was the first time i really just let myself well it's not the first time it's it's one of the few times I've let myself just uh, let the music encompass me and, and be at one with me and be in the now with the music, which music like a meditation, I think can do that for us. And it's something that I've struggled with, you know, um, this, this year, it's been hard to listen to music. And I feel like now with the election over and what appears to be results that I'm happy with and the, the, the hope of a vaccine and mm-hmm. even hearing guns and roses booking a stadium show in, in New Zealand and some stadium shows in Australia. I mean, that stuff, that stuff gives me hope and, uh, yeah. and ease and has allowed me to listen to music and be, be in the now with, with, with an album that I love like undertow by tool. Right. Right. Or Evil yeah, Empire they, by Rage Against the Machine, you know. Yeah. Freaking New Zealand's going to be the new Vegas. Like, they're <laughs> the only place that hasn't, like, been getting uh, cases, like, the comeback cases, if you will. Yeah. So, like, everybody's like, yeah, let's, let's fucking go there. Yeah. Somebody on Twitter <laughs> said to me, I think I might go to New Zealand to this show. You know, and and New Zealand has been real good with, well, first of all, it's a freaking island. So, it's a, yeah, a, a it little helps. more isolated. And that, that <laughs> yeah. absolutely helps. But they, you know, I I know at one point they had like six cases and they they physically (laughs) took the six people and they were like locked away, not not allowed to talk to anyone. Uh, You know, I I think if they did that in this country, they'd, you know, be hell to pay. But um, we we, we already put people in cages, so why should it be any different? Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Good point. All right. There's my there's my political slant for the day. But. Yeah, music is is definitely an important thing in these times, and let's all try to listen to some music and and be at one with the music and in the moment with the music. Uh, yeah. I think no I think, more talk radio for you on walk, sir. And I want you yeah. 
I want you to post on social media what record you're listening to when you go out to walk from now right. on. So I so I can keep tabs uh, okay. on you. <laughs> okay. I, I will I will do that. I will do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's let's do the Dave song. Why not? Let's let's oh, sure. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. David Lee Roth, somewhere over the rainbow bar and grill, which um yeah, and he even hits that beginning that of the note. melody of to the yeah. actual song "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," which yeah. is a, an octave jump, I believe. Yeah. That's like one yeah. octave. So yeah, yeah. And and here's a little music geek for you, since I've been following Ross so heavily ever since he started the Ross Show. I do know that the song was uh, not only inspired by that song "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," obviously, but uh, even more so by the album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which there's that tie-in once again to Wizard of Oz, but he's a big fan of that record, as, as anybody with a good brain should be. But uh, yeah, he said that uh, his two heaviest influences in creating this thing, which was supposed to be a musical initially, was uh, West Side Story and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, West Side Story, I don't know quite as well, but yet Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Just a epic double record and one of one of my favorite double records for sure. And I'm not even like a crazy Elton John fan, like, but that record specifically, I just wore the wore the grooves out of yeah. uh, great stuff. So yeah, okay, tremendous. cool. And connect with me on the new website, which depending on when this goes up, uh, may or may not be live yet. But it's markstriegel.net. Yeah, and if you can't uh, conveniently get a hold of Rock Strikes Ten on anything else besides Apple Podcasts, often now PM me. I'll start a Dropbox and send you the damn episode. So there you go, cnjradio.com, cool. where you're hearing Talking Rock as well. Yes, and Talking Rock. Uh, the plan is it's not again, it's not live yet, but right on markstriegel.net, right on the homepage, there will be a player for Talking Rock where you can go and play it. Um, if you don't subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, because Joey, it is sometimes a little hard to find on Apple Podcasts. I know it's there, but um, yeah, you have to do Talking Rock with Mark and Joey. Okay, yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah, cool. yeah, but yeah, totally. I mean, I'm I'm all for the site players as well. You know, so yeah, yep. very good. All right, man. Well, you have a, a great week or two or three. I don't know when we will connect next, but I look yeah, forward to. We'll that try to time. do it sooner than later. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know, hey, man, let let's talk some more and. Uh, Enjoy your music, sir. Everybody out there, enjoy your music as well. Thanks. Here's a little David Lee Roth. Work in the corner when the record deal happened in a week before I found out. I was sleeping on the floor with my new best gal in a very, very empty house. Somewhere over the rainbow bar and grill.
fun belongs in the books Or it ought to be We'll do a shot as we sail out The assault 